All right. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Oh, it's so lively in here. <laughs> oh my goodness, it is so lively in here, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> was uh, Pastor Ferguson? We're on another episode, another week. Safe House Podcast, and I know, you know, it looks a little different, y'all. I know it looks a little different. Um, our regular co-host Mitchell Harper, um, he did the wise thing. Said to himself, "You know what? I ain't feeling too hot. I don't want to try to do anything crazy." So he told me in advance he wasn't gonna show up, and it's cool. Wasn't gonna show up. Not mad at it at all. Why? Because you know, stay where you need to be. Because hey, you know, we got to do what we got to do. So, with me tonight is my friend, my brother, member of this church. My brother Gerald Strath, who is pinch hitting tonight, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Uh, how's everybody doing this evening? All right, all right, all right. So, just like always, if you are online with us and things like that, go into go into the um, comment section. Let us know what is on your mind, what you're thinking, especially when it comes to what we're doing here tonight. Also. Make sure, make sure, make sure, my goodness, make sure that you are sharing, that you are liking, that you're doing all the things that are necessary. Please, please, please share, 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 share. And you can hear me right now. Yeah, 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 there it is. And of course, even in house, don't do that. Make sure your phone <laughs> is not always turned up. Yeah. See, I just gave an example as to what you should and should not do. But make sure that you share with everybody in some way, shape, or form with the public and all that kind of stuff what's happening right now as we are on. If you are following us and this is after the live episode, thank you for being on. Make sure that you are active in the chat. Make sure that you are active, active, active. We want to make sure that we are catching everybody's thoughts as we go through this evening. So, my brother, I need to know if you can do a thing for us. Not always a simple thing, but I just need to know if you can do a thing for us. Yes, sir. You, can you call on the Lord real quick? <clears throat> that I can do. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity for fellowship. We thank you for this opportunity to learn more about you. Father God, we ask that you... Continue to anoint us, anoint our minds, anoint our hearts. We ask for traveling mercies as we leave from this place of learning and grace in that stead, Father God. We thank you for your son. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity. These and all blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So tonight we're actually in the second part of a quick mini-series. It's kind of birthed out of what we've all been kind of wrestling with here at the church. Yeah, see, that stuff, that stuff right there. See, I done gave the example, and then here we go, and it was my mama. See, that's what, that's what made it work. It was my mama. I, I done just gave the example. Turn your stuff down. Uh-huh. Oh, see, it's the realest podcast in Christendom right here. That's Amen. what it is. All right. Amen. So over the last... Last week, we started a mini-series um, 
of thought on the reality of serving God. And we dealt with wrestling with isolation last week. And we were in 1 Kings 18, uh, verse 20 through uh, chapter 19, verse 4. And we kind of dealt with Elijah and the different things that he dealt with in um, dealing with um, 450 prophets of Baal, standing for God, doing this in the middle of a drought, standing up to corrupt leadership, all that good stuff. And then after he had done all that stuff, took out um, all those prophets, thought things were changing, even had even waited on God to bring the rain. Yeah. Everything finally was turning around, get to the end of this thing. We get into chapter 19. The brother gets threatened by Jezebel. And that was like the last straw. My man now goes to a broom tree in a desert. You know, I've always wondered, just from reading it, dealing with it, all this kind of stuff, reading about different people in the Bible, and then how we deal with stuff in the life of the church. I wonder why people never pick up on the practical nature of God. I mean, God is actually pretty practical when it comes to certain. I, I get it, you know, People look for the miracles and the signs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like you say God is like, oh, you know, boom, something's supposed to happen. But for whatever reason, like we read about the Lord and interaction with people, and people don't pick up on the practicality of God. Yeah, this it's, uh, it's easy to to just see. The miracles, the the big stuff, the major things, uh, uh, nature, um, uh, scientific um, advancements, you know, all of the all of the big things that that lean towards um, God's power and and the manifestation of of um, what we accept as the nature of what God is. But it's the it's the little things, it's the little things, and it's 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 um it's easy to to miss. It's easy to to let it slip past your mind, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm glad you brought up the little things because rather than going to verse five, wanted to start back at verse four in chapter 19 of First okay. Kings, because and I and I and I want to deal with this this way because. I I really want to strip away some of the overly well let me you'll understand in a minute. Out of English Standard Version, here's how it reads, starting in verse four, first Kings nineteen. But he asked himself, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he, Elijah, lay down and slept under a broom tree. 
And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. <laughs> wait, wait for it. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time <laughs> and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days, 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. Stop. <laughs> yeah, let, it, let, let, let that rest on you for a second. This man said, after giving God his best, after trusting God on a mountain, after God proved again that he was the only God, did all that stuff, wins again, wins again, wins. There's victory. After all this stuff, then threatened again, he goes into the desert and he tells God, I'm done, just take my life. In the mental health world, they might, they might call this having suicidal ideation. They might call this that. Might. But he, but he wasn't trying to do it himself. He was asking God, basically, go ahead and take me out. So it might not have been suicidal, but he definitely felt like he wanted to die. And it wasn't out of fear. This is my contention. It wasn't out of fear. It was out of exhaustion. When you do stuff, you get so tired, and you just like, okay. And he said what? What did he say to God? It is enough. It's enough. Take away my life. <laughs> he was tired. And how in the world would God respond to that? He sent an angel to give him a three-word message and some food, and that's it. See, see, so let me go up. Let me go. Can, can I can I have a rant for a second? Real quick. Some of y'all, some of y'all overly spiritual people, you think you need to have <clears throat> a whole lot of litany come out of your mouth all the time when you see people going through stuff. Take a hint from God. Sometimes. If you see a situation that is remotely similar to this, the response might be, arise and eat. Get up, eat. Have a snack. Something to see, you ain't hearing everybody, they laughing in here, but I'm so serious. Sometimes it's have a snack. And whatever you do after that snack, do what you need to do. He ate. And, and lay, he went back to sleep. Lay back down. Lay back down. Go to bed. Second day came, and the angel gave a different message. Get up and eat because the journey is too great. In other words, at this point, 
You've got to move on from here. I need you to eat. I need you to get up, eat, and then move from this place. Go. But I need you to do this first because where you got to go. You're going to need some strength. You're going to need something. Now, I've preached and taught from this scripture a million times, and this line always gets me. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights. What kind of cake, what kind of bread from heaven that he got for two days? What kind of water in a jug over two days allowed him to last 40 Electrolytes. Bro, they had to be. Had to be. Before they were ever invented, they were that. Come on, man. There is no, I, I have not eaten anything yet. That last 40 days. 40, 40 days? 40 nights? Come on, man. Listen. Listen. And Stuff we eat ain't lasting 40 minutes. You, those that ain't here, we have pizza up in this mud. Pizza about gone. About gone. That, that pizza ain't going to last nobody's system. And I'm about to be hungry again. Right. <laughs> if you've ever had Chinese food, you know what's up. The moment you stand up, it'll go on to your feet. If you've had anything that didn't have enough protein in it, it burnt, it's gone because it didn't fill you up. Right now. God sent food, a message, and direction at the beginning of what Elijah was dealing with. It's major. Okay. <clears throat> These are practical things. So let's, let's go to the next part. Let's go a little further, okay? So he kept moving. Next verse says this. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> he said, I have been very jealous for you, for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And here he's getting ready to open up his heart. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Mm. And he said, this is God talking, he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. Behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. <laughs> After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake of fire, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. 
Behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, I, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. He's still trying to explain to God why it just appears that he's just hiding. Notice something. All these natural events were happening. And Elijah knew where God was. God was not in the wind that was strong enough to break rocks, the earthquake, the fire that was burning up stuff. Elijah didn't respond to anything until he heard a whisper. It seemed like to me Elijah was answering the wrong questions. Because God kept asking him and he kept giving the same answer. I don't think he was giving the wrong answer. I just think he's answering the wrong question. I think God is asking him a very specific question, but he's whining still. Well, let's well let's frame what you just said. Is it really whining? Consider this. When you've been in an isolated position, you feel what you feel. Thanks. Let me let me let me let me Let's 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 look at it like this. Let's look at it this way. As a pastor, I could get up on Sunday morning and tell the whole congregation that I feel all by myself because ain't nobody hollering, shouting, whatever. And I feel all alone because Nobody understands the fact of how much work go into this sermon for y'all to stare at me. That comes from a place of isolated thinking. Isol when you are isolated, there are times you're going to feel a whole lot of stuff, whether it's true or whether it's perceived. Okay. <clears throat> You feel what I'm saying? Like, I so, so, okay, since it was brought up before we came on the air, and it's the topic of the, of the, of the town, of the sports town, different players from the Ohio State Buckeyes going into the transfer portal, and the question is raised, the, qu the question is raised this way. Consider this question. Did they go into the transfer portal because they wanted to or because they were upset at the fans that were laying into them and they wanted to leave feeling they weren't wanted. Perception, reality. But all things were still about what? Isolated thinking. So 
Elijah is out there. He already went to the broom tree and said what? Take my life, Lord. Why would you? Why would you want the Lord to take your life if you already won? I don't think that there's a lot of situations where, 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 especially in today's uh, era, where there's so many people doing so many things for so many reasons. It's um, just like you said, it's a perceived isolation. But he literally was the last one. He's, he's even said it. He said I am, and even I am the only one left, Lord. They're going to kill all of us. Everybody that stuck up and, and stood up there and, and, and got mad because they was worshiping these idols and doing all this craziness, they done killed us all. I'm the only one left. Now, now, let's take that. Let's take that. I'm going to put a pin with that, and we're going to finish reading the text. Okay. And the reason we're going to finish reading the text is because I'm not saying you right, wrong, or indifferent on what you just said, but we're going to put it in full context. So for the second time, he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Now, since my boy Pastor Leo is on, here's how we... Here's how we shape what you just said about him. Can you blame him for hiding? No, but here's what happens. This is what happens when you have a conversation with the Lord. And the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimeshai, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Saphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes the sword of Haziel shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel. Here it is all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. When you are doing the work of the Lord, depending on what it is you have been called to do, sometimes, and you don't got to agree with me, that's why it's a conversation, Sometimes, though, you feel by yourself when you're working and you don't know how God is using what you're doing to set up further what is ultimately supposed to come to pass. He repeated twice, I'm by myself. I'm the only one. They didn't kill the prophets. They didn't done this. They didn't done that. They didn't done. But here's the thing you never, ever see you never see God talk to Elijah and say you need to hush you need to man up you need to stop being this and that you don't hear God say none of that in this text do you 
You didn't see that at all, did you? He never pressed Elijah and said, you're wrong for this thinking. He acknowledges the fact that Elijah got to get it out of his system. He repeated it twice, right? He repeated the same thing. What are you doing here? Here's why I'm here. I'm here because I feel like I'm the only one. They're trying to kill me. They're doing all this stuff, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> I've gone all in with you, God, <laughs> and I'm the only one. And God let him get it out, at least in this text, twice. And God never said to Elijah, stop the whining. <laughs> because the challenge, the challenge of being a human being called to do things for the Lord is that sometimes we don't even know how to deal with our own humanness while being in relationship with God. When you explain it like that, now I feel like the emphasis is on the wrong word in the question. Okay. Because the way that I felt it the first time, the emphasis was on here. Mm, okay. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Now that you, you've, you've clarified it a little bit more, now I feel like the emphasis is on doing. Okay. Elijah, what are you doing? Here? Okay. Mm-hmm. The emphasis is on the work. You, I'm, I've called you to a task. I, I put this energy in your body and sent you so you could handle some business while you ain't working. So what, so, so... What makes you say, what makes you take that particular, that particular stance? And I'm, like I said, this is all conversational. This is all about study. This is all about, perspe- you know, perspective, because more than one thing can be true at the same time. <clears throat> I, I, what makes me go that direction is the explanation. Okay. Because you, you, you pointed it out. He doesn't tell him stop whining. What he does is explain what's going to happen from this point forward. Okay. This is what's going down. You getting ready to go, return to where you to, to Damascus, mm-hmm. and you're gonna do this, handle this. This is gonna lead to this. This is gonna take care of that. That's gonna lead to this. This is gonna happen. And what's gonna happen is your replacement. Mm-hmm. All of that's gonna be dealt with and taken care of. So now it, it, that just, just sent me all the way back to the question, like, what are you doing here? Okay. Rather, and, and the inflection is on doing rather than what are you doing here? Because mm-hmm. I was thinking about the place. What are you, why are you stuck here, Elisha? What, what are you doing sitting still, still sitting here in this particular place? And I'm not thinking that way now. Now I'm thinking, what are you doing here? What are you doing right now in this particular spot? What are you doing? God has a way of listening to where we are, right? God knows our thoughts. God knows all about us and all that stuff. We, I think we all agree that God is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, all that stuff. And most of us take that stance and then say, well, God knows me. And because God knows me, I ain't got to really say nothing. God knows my heart, all that stuff. No, back up, reframe. God does know all that, but the reason God wants you to talk 
is because you got to get it out. Because if it don't come out of you, it's still just dwelling it. It's not real until I what? Until I say it or put it on paper or, you, you know what I mean? Manifested in some type of if, way. Until it's manifested in a real way, it's not real. If I ain't not even just talking about it, but but just whatever that is, until it's out of me, it's not real to me. That's most human beings. It may even be real in here, but now it's tormenting you because you're not. If I'm in a crowd, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna tell you, show you any of that. I'm not gonna show you that I'm hurt. I'm not gonna show you that I'm in pain. Yeah, I could be walking around with a whole side bleeding, but I still will tell you, nah, it ain't nothing but paint because I don't want you to know that I'm hurt. It's not until I declare, right? So then Elijah actually says what's really going on. That's that's the that's exactly where I was getting ready to go with it. Mm-hmm. His ability to articulate what's happened because he's specific and and repeated it. You know what I mean? It made made it plain. This is what I'm going through, God. You ask me a specific question, and I'm to the best of my ability, I'm getting ready to tell you what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And how often do we do that? You know, I, we find ourselves in a lot of situations where, where God will send somebody to, to ask you, you good? You, you straight? You okay? You all right? And you, just like you said, we're going to mask it up. We're going we gonna to put the Band-Aid on it. I know I'm straight. I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm everything rather than um, make it plain to where we can address the situation. And Elijah's not that way. He's specific to the point. God, I, I was mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I <Yeah>. was hot. <laughs> I was hot when they they did this to you and and disrespected you, God, and 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 then they they had the nerve to kill us because they was disrespecting you. And I said no. And now they didn't kill us, and it's just me. It's, it's just I, I see. I'm I'm feeling it. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. <laughs> but that's but that but that's how but that's how it is, right? Like like, and, and think about the title of tonight: snacks, conversations, and answers. In this whole thing, here's the practical part. I haven't even got. We haven't even got to the points yet. But let's be practical. God made sure he ate. God set him aside for a conversation, and God gave him answers. I can shut this thing out right now. Literally, God took three elements of life that human beings don't use well enough Mm. to get your boy up out of a funk. Ain't that crazy? Most people that go through depressive moments forget to eat. And because nobody asked them, well, here it is. If you're going through a depressive moment, people that are going through depressive moments, and I've been one of them, I'm not going to ask anybody for anything because I'm in that moment. So if the person that cares about you knows anything, they're going to do what? They're going to make sure you eat. They ain't going to ask you what's going on. They're going to make sure that your needs are still met. Because you may not be thinking about them. And because you have set up a space for trust, 
when that person's ready, they talk about it. And they'll talk about it from a, from wherever they are. Wherever they are. And then if they are open, they will hear some answers that will go against the isolated feeling. The key thing that Elijah said is this. I'm by myself. So God answers by basically saying, in order for you to no longer feel by yourself, I need you to function and anoint this one, this one, and this one. Because I see that you're tired. Because the last person that was listed was who? His replacement. replacement. Oh, people don't want to hear this part. Sometimes God will actually give you the exit plan and the transitional plan for your life. But you got to be willing to what? Be ready to anoint the next one. The next one. That wasn't even in the notes. That's just straight from the text. Everybody's saying, where are the people to come along? And God's been telling a whole lot of people that say, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that. And I'm willing to bet in certain situations, God has told some of them, I already got your replacement. Speak I, need you, I need you to anoint them so you can transition on. Well, see, God is bigger than your ambitions. Lord, you you meddling. I'm that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm I'm, I'm feeling right now because you got a lot of folks that that's especially in today's career oriented world nobody wants to train the person who's going to take the job you don't you, you don't want to train the next man up that's you don't want you don't want to do it you don't you don't want to uh you don't want to help the the second string get better third string get better you know the man on the bench you don't want to help him get get, get uh get good. Because then you lose your starting spot. But uh, God bigger than your ambitions. God bigger than your ambitions. And he and he told him flat out, this is you're going to anoint him. He's going to put hands on such and such. And then he's going to put hands on so-and-so. And then he's going to put hands on this one. And he's going to get your dude ready to go so you can get up out of here. Practical application from the from the from the from the book of the NBA in the way in the in the Bible of the NBA in the book of the Lakers. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Laker fan, so here we go. Here we go. The thing that Le, the thing that LeBron James said about his partner on his team, Anthony Davis, he was trying to put out into the ether Anthony Davis. He was like, this is his team. This is his team. What he was actually trying to do was put a spark in Anthony Davis to take his game to the next level level. so that he can begin to, what, not shrink himself. Not LeBron don't shrink per se, but to start to, what, ease himself out of a spot so that he would not have to do as much. But now he's in his 21st season. And still has yet to And reach. he is still the one of the best in the league at what he does. And and, and he, he he's leading his own team in scoring and all these things. 
And he was not trying to do that. He was trying to what? Transition the team. But he still, he's still in the front. Why? Because there are some who don't take a hint. Mm-hmm. That's the other side of it. I, I like where this is going. The other side of it is, if you know that you're trying to transition out, you got to know that God has really spoken to you that it's this one, not just somebody that you want. Ooh. This is not where it was supposed to go, but we're here now. Ooh. Ooh, no favoritism involved. It's not who you want. God said there are three people you're going to anoint, and there are 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed the knee. Ain't that what it says? That's what it says. It's in the text. That's in the book. I ain't saying, I ain't. the book says, there were three people you're going to anoint. Two of them were going to be kings, right? One be king over Syria. The other would be king over Israel. And then he was going to anoint a prophet to take his place. Three people. And then God informed him there are 7,000 that have never bowed down to Baal. And I'm going to preserve them. Mm. So... If God is going to deal with us, God will deal with us wherever we are. And God will deal with us according to knowing whether we got it in us still or not. Some folk have been done for 20 years, but they won't let go. And or, wait, wait, and or, that person's been done for 20 years and nobody wanted to take the rock when it was given. That's how you end up tired. Yeah, Leo is great. He said, AD isn't that guy. He's a great number two, but he doesn't, but he isn't wired to be that one. Some people that don't take the rock is because they know. Or, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm going to back up. You may not be number one yet, but you can show enough, learn how to be. And, and 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 church, this is our this is this is our trouble. Those who are great number ones, if you will, I'm gonna use the language of the of, of the chat. Those who are great number ones in the life of the church don't want to be number one. That's usually how it how it works. It's a, it's not something. Because that's that's a that's an ego issue, right? It's an ego thing. Wanting to be number one pretty much automatically disqualifies you. Mm-hmm. It, it, it pretty much automatically takes you up out of the running. It's it's like being the king of a kingdom. You know, in order to do the best at the job, you got to not want the job. And even Jesus didn't want the job at one point. Mm-mm. Literally said, take this cup from me. But was willing to take it because he said, nevertheless, Thy will. not my will. You see, so there's a, there's a precedent. Those that want the top spot are crazy. I'm, yes. I'm talking about they want it. 
I mean, they want it and they want to possess it and they want to own the mountain. No, fool, you're going to have to come down from the mountain because you can't breathe up there all day. You are not prepared, you know, for what that takes. But see, <clears throat> a lot of people are so wrapped up. They get so wrapped up in the perception of what it means to be victorious, to win, and all that stuff that they don't realize. Yeah, we're called to do this thing. And it gets difficult. But my God, at some point, we got to be able to acknowledge our own stuff and also be prepared to pass it on to somebody else, too. You got to, man. Because let's think about what, what Elijah went through. You know, you 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 win, 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 win. You, you prove God to be true, God to be God. And your reward is someone who dedicates their life to making sure you die. Yeah. That's, wait, be it unto me and more if I don't, if I don't. If I don't make sure that you end up like everybody you just did. Man. What? That's a whole, man. Do I say the messy thing? Make it plain, bro. I'm going to say the messy thing, y'all. Y'all pray for me. But I'll say the messy thing tonight. If you want to know what's happening overseas in Israel and Gaza right now, it's that Jezebel spirit. What's happening to Palestinians right now is the result of a Jezebel spirit of Zionists who have dedicated their lives to wanting to see Palestinians in Gaza wiped off the face of the earth. They literally have it on their television stations all the time. And I know it rubs people the wrong way. It runs in the, the wrong way because they don't under they they have no concept of what that spirit means. It it what what they literally are saying is, I want to kill you and eleven teen people that look like you. For no other reason is that they look like you. I want wait be it unto me. That's and 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 I say and I make that statement knowing that a lot of people will try to dissect what I just said. Well, if you're going to dissect it, then you need to make sure that you have read every bit of history that helps you understand why Zionism is akin to apartheid <laughs> and akin to white supremacist ideology and why the state of Israel does not look like the nation of Israel we've studied. <laughs> can't but let me go further because just so we are clear that Jezebel spirit is in every place where people dedicate themselves to trying to what destroy, destroy. what they feel is going to interfere with their way of life 
let's go here. Church culture can be full of the Jezebel. Man, you better say mm. that louder. <laughs> because you've been wanting to say that all your life. And you go ahead and just go ahead and say it louder. Listen, church culture can be full of the Jezebel spirit. Amen. And, and last week we established a Jezebel spirit is not about how a woman walks, talks, or dresses. Mm -mm. No, a Jezebel spirit is about how you have what? Placed all your energy into, into the destruction, destruction of mm -hmm. another person. Mm. That spirit is so prevalent that people don't even realize how it can wear on you when you're trying to stand for the Lord and it wear on you and wear on you. Where on you? It, 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 there are more memes now that pastors have created about church than ever before. Memes that say uh, something this simple. The fact that you show up to church means something to your pastor. But that, <laughs> no, no, no. But it, on the one hand, it's funny. But on the other hand, it's, it's a sad state of affairs because there are people that say they're, they're apart, but they're apart way over there. And I'm not, and look, now some people will be like, are you talking about people online? No, 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 no. I ain't even talking about that. I'm talking about people that got <laughs> put the audacity. Put <laughs> I'm talking about people that don't even have online connection with you talking about this is their home i'm saying what i'm saying and i'm not being messy it's true i don't care if you're in person or online that's connection but there are people that are so far removed but they still say this is home the example i've always used and y'all have heard me use it a million times my grandfather used to take me to the north side we wherever whenever we had to go around there and he would take me by the old house that i would never been in on Devonshire. He would pass by Devonshire. We passed by that old house. He was like, this is the house we used to live in when we first moved here when we came back from overseas. I was like, oh, this is cool. But here's what I always knew. We drove by the house. We never entered the house. You know why we never entered the house? It wasn't our house. It wasn't our house. <laughs> <laughs> Grandfather was paying the mortgage at another house. That house at Devonshire ain't been his house in years. <laughs> they say we used to live right there. That, that, everybody thinks something is home, but they don't walk in. They don't pay no bills. No water, no electric. Nothing. That ain't your house. Ain't your house. Ain't your house. You got responsibilities if it's your house. Taco Tuesday, not your house. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> yes, please. Because I, go ahead and go ahead and speak to the mic. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm on where I'm still stuck on when the Lord speaks to Elijah. Mm -hmm. And and then and then all these great works that the Lord have done already. Mm -hmm. And then when right when it says when he's only left and then all the stuff happened, but the Lord, when when he told him to stand on the mountain, he, mm. the Lord passed by, but with the earthquake and the fire, the Lord was not there. Mm -hmm. So 
Then when he asked him again, what are you doing, Elijah? He answered the same way. So then as the text go on, then it goes into the part where then all of a sudden God is knowing that did Elijah lose his faith somewhere along the way or did God know that he was not able to carry on the task to pass on the word or to do what it is he needed to do? Mm. <clears throat> what, what, um, okay. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Um, do you mind? Go ahead if you want. Uh, if you want to take, go ahead, take the take the rock. My grandfather pastored for thirty seven years, and uh, this was a very very special passage of scripture to him, um, because he all, that's one of the things he would always talk about is you don't understand the weight of the pastorate. And how heavy God's gift of of service is, because it is. It's a gift. But it don't feel like it while you work it. It's weight. It's weight and it's heavy. And what we're hearing is the weight of the work of God on Elijah. He you gotta remember he's he's depressed. The first thing he, he he said when he got to the wilderness after running, you know, for his life is, Lord, take it. Take it. And God gave him an opportunity to 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 work it out. You know, work okay. Okay, what do, what are you what are, what are you doing here? What are you doing? Lord, I, I'm feeling it. Lord, I don't want to do this. I I'm, I'm I was mad and I I put hands on folks and 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 they and they 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 tried to get at me. She done sent them to get me, and now they done got all everybody but me. He ain't even acknowledge it. All right, get up, eat something. All right, go to bed. He took his nap, got up. The angel came in to to get him again. Get up, eat, cause you're getting ready to have to go. Now he he done went on. And that's the thing that we we not we not touching on is that he listened in the midst of the depression. He still listened to the instructions. Everything that God told him, he did without question, without hesitation. Uh, that's there's a lesson to be to be learned in the midst of that. Is every time God said do something. It wasn't no back talk. It wasn't no questioning. It wasn't no, well, well why, God? What was, you see, she's trying to get me. You, they, they done sent everybody to kill me. Why, why I got to get up? No, he just went ahead, got up, ate something, and went on went on about the business of doing what God asked him to do. So then when God asked him the question again, he had to go ahead and show him some things. But at, by that time, well, even before then, he was already in tune with the voice of God. So every time... Something happened, you expecting, because that's the, the way they frame it. The rain came, earthquake, fire, wind, you know, all these different things is going on, and you would expect, for okay, God, but God ain't there. God is not in those things. These are things that God is responsible for, but in terms of him speaking to Elijah, he wasn't in those things. 
It was the little, the, the tiniest. It was the, 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 ha, ha, hey, hey. I don't know. I had weird parents. And that was the scariest thing <laughs> to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had, my parents was yellers. So <laughs> them yelling, I could sleep through that. I could sleep through a, a thunderstorm. I could sleep through an earthquake. I could sleep through all of that. But let them walk in my room and whisper. <laughs> you talking about <laughs> like the voice of God. Mm-hmm. You know, so I snapped too. You know? <laughs> what, what you doing? <laughs> you got caught stealing or something. Yeah. So I understand where Elijah coming from. It's that whisper. You, you hear it. <laughs> you hear it better than anything else. But he was in tune to it. He was he was wired just like you said. He was he was wired to hear it. Um, okay. Put them in to where they could carry the word on instead of Elijah. You see what I'm saying? So I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but no, you're good. No, you're good because this this leads into the kind of the points, so I can give handles. Okay. So so let's give these handles because we're okay. we're coming up. I'm looking at I'm looking at a couple things. I'm looking at time, and I want to make sure that we put a handle to draw on them, yeah. put a handle on some of this stuff. So let's start here. Elijah is in a low place, and God is using practical things to try to lift him from this low place. So the things that God is doing are these. How does God use the practical to lift us from these low places? The first thing is our practical needs must be addressed before we consider our next steps. So God fed him. (laughs) God gave him water. God gave him rest. God gave him cover. God gave him direction. God gave him, okay, let's move from this tree where you're just so down and you're ready to die. Let's move to another place. So the eating and the sleeping and all that stuff, the angel saying, eat and, eat and drink because the journey you're going on is going to require you to have everything you need. He goes to Horeb, which is the mount of God. He goes to the mountain. That's where his next destination is supposed to be. And what did he do? He had a place to he had a place to go. He was in a cave in the mountain. So he went to the place, had a place, had shade, had all this other stuff. Right? So now he was in a place of cover. And he was in a place where God could really deal with him. One on one. When I'm in the when I'm under the broom tree, let's say let's say it this way. When I, I get to the broom tree because I'm tired of what I'm facing, God will meet my needs at the broom tree, but will move me to a place where now I can deal with you differently. I can't deal with you and what you're dealing with while you're all the way in it. 
What did he? What did Elijah say when he got to the broom tree? It's enough. Take my life. But when he gets to the mountain in the cave and God speaks, God speaks and says, what? What's going on? And Elijah didn't say, I want to die. He didn't say, I'm tired now. He says, what's going on? What's going on is I'm by myself. I feel like I'm the only one. They trying to kill me. They trying to take me out. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I've gone all in with you, God, and this is all I'm feeling right now. So he is expressing now what's really within him. When you're going through stuff and you're tired, you don't want to rehash it. At least I don't. When I'm look, when stuff make me tired. And I'd have gone over it 18 million times within myself. I don't want to tell nobody else. Because I'm mad. I'm already mad that I'm going through it. Mm-hmm. Then I'm real mad because I can't get out of it. Then I'm real depressed because there ain't nobody there to really sit with me at all. And I feel by myself. Yeah. And what's going what's gonna to be the difference? But if all my needs are met <laughs> and I can get some sleep and I can make sure that my needs are met, maybe... I can then start to what? Here's a word. Unpack. Unpack my feelings. Unpack my emotions. Unpack my all that. And sometimes you need a moment so you can find a way to what? Unpack it. Okay? So then that leads to the second thing, which is God will make us listen beyond the noise. God will make us listen beyond the noise. He's in the cave. He comes out. Wind. The wind blows, breaking rocks. And he knew that, and look, God wasn't in the wind. Earthquake happened. God wasn't in the earthquake. Fires broke out. God wasn't in, see that that imagery? God wasn't in the the wind. God wasn't in the fire, the, the earthquake. God wasn't in the fire. In other words, God was not speaking through major noise. But in a whisper. Now, can you, now think about, now think about this. You ready for this? I know a whisper can make you scared depending on how you were raised. But can you imagine when you're in the midst of a whole lot of noise and one person that can really get to you, they know that loud don't get to you, but quiet actually does? Well, you know, you know what that, that feeling is like. We, 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 uh, we come from that, that sports world. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it has always struck me as odd, strange, and, and, and unique how – you can always hear what your coach is saying despite the noise That's in the it. stadium. There you go. Always. You always can hear the coach, regardless of how loud it is, regardless of how many hundreds of people is yelling. If you played on the collegiate level or beyond, how many thousands of people uh, is is yelling in the stands, how much noise they're making, bands playing, all of these things. And 
you don't you you, you they they zoom in on the on coach on the sideline. You don't see them yelling at the top of their lungs or any of that. But coach is coming through. Come right now. Right now you're hearing everything. So that means so you know what that means, right? Here's a big R word that folk don't want to pay attention to. Relationship can make you hear things even in spaces you wouldn't normally want to hear. Perfect example. CJ says to me, when he when he he said this to me a while ago, when he takes a test, when he does work, when he does anything at school, he said to me once, he said, somehow, he's like, Dad, even when I'm working on stuff, even when it's hard, I hear your voice. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, every day that you tell me, work hard and give it your best, I hear your voice. Amen. How can you hear my voice and you are inside of a four-wall school building, inside of a classroom with inset building, and I don't show up to your school? How is it, and I've told the story a million times, when he was born and he crying, coming into the world, and all of a sudden he hears my voice over all the people doing all the tests and all different things they got to do with a child in that in the room when giving birth. He crying, he screaming, all that stuff. Doctor said, go on, see your son. I go over, and while all these nurses doing all this stuff to my son, I look over the shoulder of a nurse. I wasn't in his face. I said, hey, man, daddy's here. He literally took the deepest breath, and you didn't hear another sound because he knows his daddy's voice. How did he know his daddy's voice? I talked to him every day while he was in the womb. Elijah, through all his stuff, still knew God's voice. And he knew the difference between the noise being made and the God that gave him the power to do what he did. Mm. If you got relationship with God, God will cut through the noise. And people think, well, he's just going to, no, 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 no. Some of us need to go, no, 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 no. We need to shout loud and praise loud. But can I tell you, the God I serve, I love when God cuts through all cuts through the noise. stuff. Mm. And I know it's God. I'll be like, mm-mm, I'm good. <laughs> everybody losing them, everybody going off in church. And sometimes I'm waiting to just hear God, God be like, what's up? I'm like, I'm good now. <laughs> People don't even know what that, that moment is. The noise don't mean God is there. Huh? The noise don't mean God is there. But God will do a thing to make sure that you are. If you, you know, wait, the, wait, the Bible said <laughs> in the New Testament, my sheep know my voice. Know my voice. It didn't say that here in the text, but it sure enough displays it. In a whisper, Elijah heard. Here's another. Yes, ma'am. So when he, because of the fact that when he was under the broom tree, broom tree, mm -hmm. he was depressed. Mm -hmm. So after the mouth of God, was he back on track? He was at least opening, opening himself. Let me let me let me say this, just as just as 
just as a disclaimer, even though I'm an individual that talks about my own mental health and things like that, I want people to understand that even if you have been um, diagnosed with depression, things like that, so on and so forth, we understand those things still mount and they can exist and they will rise up in their own way that even as you go through your hills and your valleys and all that stuff, there are moments when you ain't feeling it and moments when it'll be triggered, okay? At the same time, understand that God provides avenues <laughs> that can bring you out of the deep state into a manageable state. And when I say God provides avenues, the text shows that he provided avenues that were practical straight from God. But in the world, God provides avenues such as counseling, such as, you know, you know, very good licensed counselors that if you got good medical insurance, go ahead and use your stuff and go and seek and talk to somebody. Amen. <laughs> this, is not lip, this is not just packaging it within a biblical context. It is an overall thing. So, so God is literally pulling Elijah out from a deeper place to an opening place to a solution place. That's what we're seeing. So he's in this deep place at the broom tree. He's unpacking on the mountain, right? Mm -hmm. So now God gives the next thing, which is God provides relief for the mission. Mm -hmm. Because the thing he's expressing is I'm dealing with all this while I'm doing what you've called me to do. And I feel by myself because ain't nobody come to just jump in with me. And even the folk that I could have called on, mm -mm. well, yeah, well, yeah, Ahab just they 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 wiped out because it said wiped out other prophets, other prophets got killed, other things. So where where am I turning? This is me. So he's literally talking about his state of what he's had to do. But then God says after he's unpacked this. Here's what you're going, here's, here's who's around. There's 7,000 that ain't never bowed down to Baal. <laughs> Guess what? There are three people that are going to be ready to do what needs to be done. That you need to go ahead and anoint, and guess what? You'll be able to handle this and do this and do this and do this and do this. God always provides relief. God always provides relief. God always provides what is necessary for the mission to be completed. And tied into that is this last point. They should have been probably all together, but this is what's tied in together. God creates an exit slash transition strategy. God creates an exit slash transitional strategy. What's the, what's the strategy? Okay, man, you tired, woe out but here's what I need you to do. I want you to go back <laughs> and I want you to anoint the following people. <sighs> I want you to set apart, that's what anoint, set apart the following people, boom, boom, boom. These two are gonna be kings. This other one, here it is. It's, this, is your trans, this is your exit strategy. This is the one that's gonna replace you talking about Elisha. 
And here's what he says, too. He said, anybody that tries to run. They going to get them. They, these three, not you, these three are going to handle who tries to run away. Did you catch that? You're going. All I'm asking you to do now is set them apart. Is set them apart, and then further prepare your replacement. <sighs> that is all I'm asking you to do. I am not asking you to do anything. I'm not asking you to track down anybody. I'm not asking you to do this, that, or the other. I'm asking you to set up your transition. That's all I'm asking you to do. I acknowledge your work. I acknowledge your effort. I acknowledge your deeds. God has a way of letting us know that he cares, not just about what we can do, but everything about us. Everything. Ain't that beautiful? So hopefully, hopefully tonight, all this has made some sense. And hopefully tonight, this has been of some benefit. Next week, I want to finish this chapter because I think if we don't look at these last three verses on the call of Elisha in some way, I think we'll have done a disservice to the whole thing about call. And I think the one thing that we'll we'll deal with based on what we came what came through and came out tonight. I think it's time we start talking about what good this may not be the title of it, but we need to talk about what good transitions look like. Hmm? What good transitions look like. Because maybe, just maybe, in our generation, we can finally stop the cycle of lingering too long, not identifying for the future, living so much in the present, and yet, and nay, I say, even the past, that we act like there is no future. So maybe next week we'll deal with that, and that might be the capstone piece to this little small series that we've been dealing with. My prayer is that tonight has been beneficial. Gerald, thank you, my friend. Been my pleasure, man. Appreciate you, man, for stepping in and pinch hitting. Mitchell, get better, man. Get better, bro. Man, Miss dr you. Drink all the water, all the tea. Emergency. All of it. <laughs> Get all of it in you so that whatever is possessed your throat can get out of you. Amen. Amen. We miss you right here, man. And um, we will be in prayer for what's coming up um, this weekend. Worship, as always, at 10 a.m. Um, we begin a brand new series of messages. This will be the final series of the year. And it happens to be in this Advent season. And the title of the series is Hope in the Desert. Hope in the Desert. And this Sunday we're going to be talking. Huh, you will understand where I'm at when, when you get with us at 10 a.m. this Sunday. We'll be talking from the thought 
Recovering from Warfare out of Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 11. That'll be the first part of this series. So be in prayer for that as we go through it. Also be in prayer for those of us that are going up to Richland Correctional this Sunday. Amen. Right after worship. So I'm praying that y'all shout hard in worship so we can get away, go on up, and then we can go on up higher to Richland Correctional this Sunday. I was notified we are going to be baptizing 10 brothers this Sunday. So I'm always excited when we do that. We're going to have baptism and communion at Richland. So pray for us as we get ready to go there after worship for service at 1. Um, and then we will be back here, as always, at 6.30 on next Wednesday um, as we come back to do the Safe House podcast one more time. So as you get ready to depart tonight online and in person, may the Lord bless you, keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, give you peace. May the Lord bless the work of your hands, the effort of your days, and may the Lord bless you now and forever. And all God's people said amen. Amen. God bless you, and we will see you this Sunday, 10 a.m.